There we go. All right, good deal. Well, good morning, everybody. I wish it were where um, I knew everybody and uh, had more of a connection, so it's always uh, challenging for me because I love to connect on a relational level when I teach, and so uh, not knowing most of you, uh, so as I talk and we're, as we interact about uh, fasting today, I want to encourage you to participate, and if you have any questions or anything along the way, I want to, I really want to encourage you to let's interact about that. I'm not here to lecture. I don't want to lecture. I want to have some time where we dialogue back and forth. Uh, this is my wife, Jeannie. If you haven't met her, she's uh, my best friend and my uh, marriage partner for 41 years. And we have two friends with us today, Cindy Reba and uh, Bob Balcom. They're from Destin, Florida. Tough place to be from, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> And so we want to stay friends with them so we can go down to their place and, uh, and especially when it comes to golf. So, uh, no, no, not really. Uh, we've been friends with Jeannie, uh, for Cindy for many, many years and we always love spending time together. Uh, I've grown up in the Churches of Christ. Uh, I grew up in a very, very conservative setting. Um, my folks, my grandparents and parents were very active in church. My grandfather was one of the founding fathers of the church I grew up in. He was an elder. My father was a deacon, became an elder. Uh, so uh, I grew up going to church every time the doors opened. And during a time when there were two-week gospel meetings in tents in July, and we were there every night. Uh, and so uh, I have a lot of history. and. Uh, I, I love the Churches of Christ. Uh, I've been mad at the Churches of Christ many times in my life, uh, but I'm really thankful for what it's given to me and my spiritual journey, my love for Scripture, uh, my way of learning to love other people and to sacrifice for other people is what one of the many things that's been given to me. Uh, I was in local ministry for many years, for over 30 years, and in the late 90s, um, I felt like that what I was doing personally in my life, and, and I, I had been with this one church over 10 years, and so when you, and we were a church of about 500 people, so you know, you get to know people uh, there, and you see if God's working in their life or not and so I noticed that people would get to a certain place and they would kind of stall out and and so I thought what we're doing in Sunday school what we're doing in worship and I can say that about worship because I was a preacher so uh, so I'm not talking about the preacher I'm talking about I'm, I was a part of it is where um, we weren't putting people in a place that, were help, that was helping them draw closer to God. So when it came to the major struggles in their life, they didn't feel like they had it, that they didn't have the resources available to be what God has called them to be. People would read Scripture and they would go, I would really like to be that way, but I, I can't, I can't do it. Just can't do it. I've tried and I've tried. I just can't do it. And, and I believe that's part of the thing from our heritage where people aren't confident about going to heaven. 
I believe grace, we go to heaven for grace. Let me just throw that out there. But my point is, is that when you don't feel like that you can be what you're expected to be, then you don't know if you're going to get to heaven or not. Are you with me? And so there's this culture, there's this mindset. So about 20 years ago, I started a journey uh, that took me outside the churches of Christ. Uh, and I started learning a lot about spiritual formation, uh, about the different spiritual disciplines. Uh, the Upper Room Ministries here in Nashville has a uh, spiritual formation academy. It's a two-year program. I started out going to that. You go once a week for a quart every quarter, uh, and you learn a spiritual, a, a different spirituality and a different spiritual discipline. And then I began uh, doing a lot of reading over the years, uh, and then uh, I went back to school uh, about five or six years ago and got my doctorate degree in spiritual formation and missional living. And my my dissertation is actually in the spiritual discipline of lectio divina. If you haven't heard much of that, it's called uh, sacred reading. Uh, typically in America, we go and read Scripture to get something from it. Lectio Divina is to go to Scripture and let it speak to you. To give you an idea. Okay? Alright, so, so the reason why I'm talking about fasting today is because I believe that it's very important uh, to our journey and our spiritual walk and that sort of thing. So, in order to help me to know where you are, I need to get some feedback from you um, on, on these questions. When you hear someone is fasting, what is your response? Let's be honest. Let's don't, I don't want any platitudes here. Just, you can say, ooh, you can say, ooh, I would, who would want to fast? What do you think? I always think, for how long? For how, <laughs> for how long, okay, good. What are you fasting for? Okay, very good. How long? What are you fasting for? What else? Is it health related or spiritual? Is it health related or spiritual? Good. How do you do it? How do you do it? Okay, very good. How many have read, studied, or heard a lesson on fasting? Just raise your hand. Okay, all right. How many of you have participated in fasting? Oh, good, good, good. How would you describe your experience in fasting? I had never fasted before until, I guess it was about two years ago when Kevin Pickle was going through all of this stuff and then they asked me to fast. And I thought, I can't go I'm going to get hungry. <laughs> Good, good, excellent. Thanks. What? Who else? I don't mind silence, so I can sit, sit here for a few seconds. Rachel? Uh, I had an experience where I didn't fast from all food, but from certain types of food. Um, but even in that, I got very hungry, and I also got scared. And I felt like a really, like, like you kind of fear mm -hmm. of, like, of not having enough. Mm -hmm. um, and that was very kind of a long thing. Good. So you learn something about yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Right, absolutely, absolutely. All right, anyone else? Okay. She brings out a good point. Not everybody should fast. They may be at a place in your life or in a physical condition uh, where that may not be a healthy thing for you to do. And so you, if uh, one of the things I'm going to talk about later is important consulting your physician to make sure that you're in a good place to do that. Okay? I felt like a failure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. I feel like I feel a little melodramatic. Melodramatic, yes. <laughs> you know, I want everybody to know that I'm starving or I'm, you know, I've taken this out of my life, so, you know, bring on the pity. Yeah, and yeah. So it just kind of reminds you, it just kind of humbles you. hmm Yeah. Very good. Very good. What else? Okay. Sometimes I guess I've fasted before and you want more out of it than what you actually, you're like, I'm doing this sacrifice. I could feel enlightened and illuminated and it should be this great experience. But sometimes it's like, you know, I, I really was just hungry a lot of the day. I was trying to be spiritual and think about, you know, pray more during this time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it wasn't, it, you feel like it didn't give you a lot. So you're like, well, it's it gives you an excuse next time you think about it to not do it. You're like, well, I didn't really get a whole lot from it last mm-hmm. time. So. Uh, if I don't say anything about that, remind me again at the end because I want to address that, okay? Somebody else had their, okay? For a lot of people, fasting makes you very nervous, anxious, uh, because you're at, being asked to do something you've never done before. And, uh, and generally, people don't like stepping into areas they don't know what to expect. And so it creates anxiousness, anxiety. You, 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 you don't know if your expectations are realistic or not. Um, you don't know what I'm supposed to get out of this. and and. What, what the purpose is and all of that. So, uh, so there's a lot of things that go into that. So I'm going to talk about some things in general about spiritual um, disciplines and about our, our body and our mind, uh, our body and our soul and our spirit, because I feel like to understand fasting is to understand it in a context. And so what I want to be able to do, um, first of all, Fasting is driven by a need. Fasting is driven by a struggle. Fasting is driven about a desire, a positive desire that you want for someone else. 
even your enemies. We'll see this in a few minutes. Uh, fasting is something, it, you just don't fast just to fast. Basically, that's just a physical exercise. Okay? And, and so, one of the reasons why I fast is whatever I can't control for any sustainable time is a stronghold of Satan. And that calls me to fast. Are you with me? And I'm telling you, I'm not asking anybody to share anything here, but we all have, we all have a lot of Satan strongholds in us. And fasting will bring those to surface. Every sin has consequences that ripples not only within us, but into the world around us. So one of the reasons that I fast, sometimes I do things in my life not because I want what's best for me, it's because I want what's best for my wife and my children and those around me. I struggle with depression. I have a genetic form of depression. I've been taking medication for several years. I hate the medicine. I hate it. It just levels me out. And I'm a person that likes to have a lot of fun. Unfortunately, I like to have a lot of fun, but I also can go pretty low. And that's where anger comes out. But the reason I take my medication, first and foremost, is that it makes her life a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> She thanks God for Selexa and the Holy Spirit every single day. Uh, Holy Spirit and Selexa. Okay, yeah, well, whichever. Okay. Uh, but, but the point in all of this is, is that sometimes we do things just because it's important for, for us to do it. Richard Foster, this is the first time I grew up, went to college, got out of college at Harding, never heard one lesson, one lesson, one class at school or anything on fasting. And I was in ministry. Got my Bible degree. First time I read about fasting was Richard Rogers' book, Celebration of Discipline. Spiritual disciplines are a door to liberation. The reason why spiritual disciplines are so impactful is that you realize it's, there's a sense of self-awareness. And so the more you know about yourself, and who you are, and the more honest you are with yourself, then it creates a motivation inside of you, inside of you to pursue liberation. And that's what the, the spiritual disciplines gives you an opportunity to do. Liberation from sin is, is an accomplished fact. I'm not so sure how much we all believe this. Denial of self is to be a daily experience. The purpose of Christ's redemption is to remove all hindrances to the Holy Spirit's control over the whole person so that he be, may be made spiritual. And so when you come to this battle strategy, you get to a point where you say, you know, I'm, I'm sick of this. I don't, I don't like who I am. This has to stop. I want something better. This is sucking the life out of me. There's got to be more to it than this, okay? Now, uh, I'm going to gently walk around the edge of something that's, that I could take two or three lessons to do. In the Garden of Eden, when God created Adam and Eve, He created the body and He gave them the soul, but they didn't come to life until they were given the spirit. 
These two have no life without this. Jesus breathed into them the breath of life, His Spirit. So if you look at what, it, what the Spirit is, not the Holy Spirit, but the Spirit that lives within us, it's our conscience, a sense of intuition, and a sense of communion. There's, we're, we're born and we come to a sense of consciousness. There's things that, that inside of us tell us that things are right and things are wrong and that we're, we're, we need others beyond ourselves, especially God. The soul comes down to the personality, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And then your body is the food, the water, the rest, and the activity. So when I talk about these three things, I'm talking about this is who we are. You can't address this without addressing these two. You can't address a, a body desire without addressing the soul and the spirit as well. Are you with me? If you try to address just the body, you will fail. If you try to address just your soul, you're going to fail. If you try to address just your spirit, you're going to fail. And I can, I can tell you that because I failed. Okay? And then when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, notice I said both, it flipped it. This was intentional. It's intended that our spirit control our soul and body. But when we sin and we have strongholds in our life, it flips. And then our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, our body, which is food, water, rest, and activity, become the controlling factor and it oppresses your spirit. And the more your spirit is oppressed, the more you move away from God. Are you with me? Okay. Many believers attempt to overcome flesh by battling it. You will fail every time. Now you may be a type of person that is really good at self-control, but I'm telling you, you work on one thing for a while, but over here something else is going to awry. You can't, you can't keep all the plates spinning, I'm telling you. When we battle sin on our own strength, we create rules. Do not handle, do not touch, do not taste. Okay? And we're not here to, uh, to do that. We are controlled by the flesh. While living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. You were dead through the trespasses and sins. This is the flesh. And Micah, what will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rounds, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn of my transgression, the first fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? The flesh is hostile to God. Your flesh will not, in and of itself, submit to God. Hear me. I'm telling you, when, when you're doing the spiritual disciplines, especially fasting, you think, if I can just control it, I'm going to get stronger spiritually. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Okay? Spiritual disciplines don't require spiritual maturity or great Bible knowledge. But here's what's most important. They are tools to help us stand in God's path for deliverance, restoration, transformation, for a deepening union with God. I don't care if you read your Bible every day, you pray every day, you fast one day a week. You can do all those things and not grow spiritually. Each spiritual discipline 
puts you in line with God or in front of God for God to do His work. That's all a, a spiritual discipline is supposed to do, is to put you before the Father, before the before Christ, before the Holy Spirit. Here's I want to come back to what you said a minute ago. In America, unless we feel it, it didn't happen. You understand me? Unless we feel it, it was good, or unless we feel we accomplished something, then nothing happened. That's a lie. That's a lie. The Holy Spirit's at work 24-7. We may not have felt something. We may not have experienced something. But the Holy Spirit's working. He works all the time. He's constantly trying to bring us into, lure us into God's presence through every activity, every thing, every place we go, everything we do. That's what he, that's his whole purpose. So once we may not feel like things are happening, but there are things are happening. There's two challenges to fasting in our culture today. One is philosophic. Our externally focused material world doesn't believe its ability to reach beyond its physical world. Uh, for instance, um, I'll starve if I skip a meal. My kids one day, Jeannie was speaking at a ladies retreat. And you know how kids will whine around dinner or lunch or dinner time? I'm starving to death. I said, no, you're not. I didn't say you weren't hungry. I said you weren't starving to death. They said, yeah, we're starving to death. I'm going, no, you're not. I said, I'll help you see what's starving to death. And they didn't eat for the next eight hours. Um, the point is, is that they, you know, they're fine, healthy adults today, 38, 36, and 34. And uh, they're just fine. And they did not die. And uh, they thought they were going to die, but they didn't die. Uh, one night, my granddaughter was complaining about what my daughter my oldest daughter was fixing for supper, and, my, and she's strong-willed, just like me. By the way, when the person Josh was describing this morning was me. That's me. And my granddaughter is just like me. And she was complaining, so Melanie sent her up to her room to miss supper, and they, they gave her bread and water to eat. That's all she had. She couldn't come down the rest of the night. The next morning, she came down. Melanie said, Kobe, we're going to start all over. Yesterday was a bad day. We're just going to start afresh and anew. She kind of just shook her head. Melanie kind of said, okay, well, maybe it'll be better. And so as Melanie was walking away, Kobe looked up and said, the bread you gave me last night was stale. <laughs> You're going, really? Really? Okay. The definition of fasting, uh, Hebrew and Greek, uh, means it's abstaining from food, solid or liquid. In most cases, people drank water during a fast. It was very unusual for no one, for someone not to drink. Okay, there were times that they did, but generally speaking, when there was a fast, it was food. Now, the reason I put liquid in there is that in their day, it wasn't much of an issue. I guess it could be soup. But we liquefy everything these days, the juice bar and you know, all that kind of stuff. 
But, but I like this definition that Scott McKnight wrote in his book on fasting. Fasting is a natural, inevitable response of a person to a sacred moment, serious or grievous, in life. And so, I, I, I hope that you can kind of take that and think about that and reflect on that. Um, because I'm going to talk, is fasting a command? Only one time in Scripture was it commanded the children of Israel once a year. And that was Yom Kippur, and that's the only time. In the New Testament, it never, it never was commanded. But when Jesus taught about giving and praying and fasting, He said, not if you fast, but when you fast. A part of the devoted life of giving, praying, and fasting is a part of that. Uh, and th this was the passage that really got me on the journey of looking at that. Uh, here's the thing that's important to me about fasting. Your whole purpose in fasting is to focus on God. Period. He's got to be the focus of it all. And then there are going to be things that's going to come out of that we're, that we're going to see that's, that is going to be critical to helping us learn more about ourselves, but also in what we're asking God to do or asking God to reveal to us when we are fasting. I can't remember if I put a PowerPoint slide up here, but I'm going to write it in here. You won't be able to read that. This is that grievous or serious moment in life is A. It leads to B, which is a response, and C is what we call the results. If fasting, uh, from my, this is just my opinion, if fasting is going to be most beneficial to you, your focus is going to be here and not here. If it becomes here, it's going to become an instrumental fast. We will start treating it like we do prayer. And um, if we, we're fasting because we want to manipulate God or we're trying to prove our goodness to God. Are you with me? Look how faithful I am. Look at, how, look at what I'm doing. Or, you know, I'm fasting because I want this person to get well. Well, are you fasting for that person to get well? Yes, yes. But the point is, it's not about the person. It's about God. And how God works in all of that. Um, and so the, the focus is our, the situation that we face in life and what's going to be our response to God. David fasted for the son he had with Bathsheba for seven days. And what happened? He died. Our focus is to turn and center ourselves to God and to let God speak to us and through us in our faith in all life circumstances. The whole purpose of the book of Psalms is to teach you how to pray in response to God for the situations you face in life. 
Psalms are not there to teach you about God. They're not there to teach you how to be a good moral person. They're there to teach you that when life slaps you upside the head and everybody around you seems to be against you, nothing seems to be going your way. We talked about the Kramers here just a minute ago, right? She has thyroid cancer. Is that enough? That's enough, isn't it? Then Camden, before she had thyroid cancer, what? He had a blood disorder. Once they kind of got that together, she got thyroid cancer. And then Camden ended up spending a few days in the hospital because of what Patrick read a minute ago. And then this weekend, Mason has strep throat. Life just slaps us around. And so the whole purpose is, is, uh, is seeing what our response is going to be. Um, to you, O Lord, I call my rock. Do not refuse to hear me, for if, you are, for if you are silent to me, I shall be like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my supplication as I cry to you for help, as I lift up my hands towards your most holy sanctuary. Do not drag me away with the wicked, with those who are workers of evil, who speak peace with their neighbors while mischief is in their hearts. You know, the whole idea of the Psalms is a response. And so that's what fasting, that's the key to fasting, is it's, it's a, you've, you have this sacred moment in life, and now how am I going to respond to God in this moment? Secondarily, fasting reveals to us things that, that control us, or Satan's strongholds. Um, <clears throat> and somebody mentioned having this anxiety. Fasting reminds us that we are sustained by God. Fasting <coughs> helps us to keep the balance of the, the triangle that I showed you there a minute ago. Uh, and, and so fasting is not earning God's favor. It's not manipulating God to get what you want, but it's a response. What motivates one to fast um, so they can focus on God? These are just some examples from Scripture. Uh, Community practice of confessing our sins. <clears throat> Yom Kippur every year, the whole intent was to bring all their sins and fast times of fasting. When there was uh, a national sin within the community of Israel, uh, they fasted. When Jonah preached to Nineveh, uh, they fasted for three days and God forgave them. So this, in, this idea of repentance. Uh, the failure of others, Israel and the golden calf, uh, is a good they spent time in fasting there prayed for the health of others or fasted for the health of others David says I afflicted my body is the same word for fasting I afflicted my body for my enemies you know if uh, the uh, Robinson's read this morning in the first service about uh, uh, Ahibosheth is that it and uh, how David sought out Saul's family so that he could bless them he prayed for his enemies he fasted for it seeking the desires of our heart hannah wanted a child guidance from god ezra returned from babylonian captivity didn't want to ask the king for protection so uh, he he sought god's help paul uh guidance from god when he was struck down on the road to damascus the death of someone, David and Jonathan, and then also David uh, for Saul. And then body discipline. Paul says, I pummel my body, and Jesus, 
as we know, entered into the wilderness. And so before he began ministry, he spent 40 days in prayer and fasting. Now, I'm not saying we all need to go out and spend 40 days of prayer and fasting, but I do believe it kind of helps us see the significance of fasting in the role of our Lord. What part does prayer uh, play in fasting? Before you fast, um, I think it's important to ask God to search your heart um, and help you to understand why you're doing what you're doing. Now, you know, you were, you were fasting for someone, so that, that's easy, but let's just say you've never fasted before and, and after this class you think, I need to fast. Well, ask God first. Ask God what you need to do. Confess every sin the Holy Spirit calls to your attention. And, and this is, can be in a time of fasting. Uh, seek forgiveness from those you have knowingly offended and those who hurt you. Um, make restitution as the Holy Spirit leads you. Ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Yield your mind, body, and spirit to the Lordship and leadership of Christ. Meditate on the attributes of God. Begin your time of prayer and fasting with an expectant heart. Do not underestimate spiritual opposition. Um, I could take any one of these and, uh, and spend the rest of our time on this morning, but uh, what time is class over? 10.45? Four minutes. Okay. There are different types of fast. Um, now, I'm not going to get technical and say, like Deborah said back here a while ago, where she said she couldn't fast from food because of her health issues, so she fasted from communication. So I'm not, I'm not saying that you're not really fasting if you don't do it this way. I'm just describing here. An absolute fast is no food or water for a period of time, which they did in Exodus and Esther. A normal fast is only water but no food or drink, as they had in Nehemiah. And then Daniel, uh, when they wanted him to eat all these rich foods, he says, no, I only want vegetables and fruits. And, and so uh, that is, was considered a partial fast. Um, here's what I... Uh, I'm going to come back to this one. Here we go. Um, check with your doctor. But here's... If you've never fasted before, uh, skip a meal. Uh, go from breakfast to supper, or go from, uh, you know, or skip breakfast and have lunch, whatever you want to do. Skip two meals for a few weeks, for 12 hours. Uh, when someone mentioned Ramadan a minute ago, they fast during the daylight hours. You can eat before, you can eat after. So it's basically like a 12-hour fast. And that's what many of the Jews did. When you read about in the Old Testament and New Testament people fasting, that typically was the more common fast. No meals for 24 hours, which means that uh, if I eat breakfast this morning, then I won't eat until breakfast the next day. And then 36 hours is that if I didn't eat breakfast this morning, then I won't eat until lunch the next day. Um, now, uh, the, the extended fast. Uh, the extended fast, uh, I've done that twice. I'm not a master of fasting, so I don't want to... I know a lot more about fasting than I've experienced, okay? I just want to say that up front. I'm not an expert at anything, but I can tell you from what I have is that when, when, I've, when I've spent time in extended fast, I, uh, 
it, it was to keep my focus on God and to rid my life of the struggles that I have within and, and um, uh, see I, I didn't I don't have alcohol or drugs my addiction was food when I was stressed I would eat when when I felt good I would eat and um, and so that was my that that's what I turned to instead of prayer was eating and um, I've, I've eaten ice cream every day since I was about three years old every, almost every single day and uh, and I used to brag about that but then I thought hmm, that's kind of silly I don't need to brag about that <laughs> <laughs> this is my experience with an extended fast once I got past the second day, I wasn't hungry for the next several days. It was almost like my body had to get over this hump. And once I got over the hump, um, and actually I went, I went five days on this particular fast, and the fifth day I wasn't even hungry, and then I heard what we were having for supper that night. And then I got hungry. Jesus says, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life. I believe in the American culture, we have been sold a bill of goods that we need a lot more than what we need. Are you with me? And it's not just food. It's everything. It's everything. And I think one of the greatest blessings we can give ourselves is the gift of fasting to remove ourselves out of that. I don't think that you have to give everything up. I just believe that nothing needs to have mastery over you. Now let me tell you, let me share this with you and I've got to quit. I'm as strong-willed as they come. I'm as determined as they come. I'm one of these people that if you tell me I can't do it that way, I'm going to figure out another way to get it done. My wife laughs at me because she calls me MacGyver. And if you tell me I can't, no, no, there's, it's, I get it done. It may not be pretty. It may not be the best, but I got it done. You can't do that with spiritual disciplines. What you need to do with spiritual disciplines says, God, I'm bringing myself before you. David says, Lord, create in me a new heart, which meant David couldn't do what? You can't create the heart God wants you to have. Then he also says a few verses later, give me a sustaining spirit. You can't, I can't sustain. I can't make it happen. Only the spirit within me can give me the desire and motivation to come before God with prayer and fasting or just fasting. And the reason fasting should be a sense of feast time instead of deprivation time is that I'm going to a place where I'm going to experience liberty. Unfortunately, when we fast, what we focus on is what I'm doing without instead of where I, where I was instead of where I'm going. 
That's what we want to do with fasting. Fasting or any spiritual discipline is a door of liberation that's going to take us to a better place whether we realize it or not. One other thing, a lot of the things that God has done in my life, I can't tell you how He got me there. Are you with me? So if you're looking for this formula, this, this is what God did, and if I can repeat this, now, it may happen for you, but it's never happened for me. But one day, a situation would happen in my life, and I would react different. And I would go, wait a minute, that's not like me. Normally, I get mad. Normally, I do this, and I'm not doing it anymore. And it's all because when you put yourselves in God's path, then the Spirit transforms us into the image of Christ. I love chocolate. I love Moose Tracks ice cream. And I can name several others. But I tell you what, the more I taste of God, the more I want. And that's why we do any discipline. is so that I can taste the sweetness of God and the love of God in ways I've never, ever known before. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank You so very much uh, for what You have left us in Your Word and what You have left us in history and what people have written. And Father, fasting has been around from the beginning of time. And I pray that You will help us, each one of us, to come to an understanding, uh, to bring ourselves before You, to expose Satan's strongholds, and experience the freedom and the abundant life that you desire for us to have. I pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, I brought several books, too, that I refer to on fasting, if anybody wants to look at some of those.